Well, hello, my name is Tyler Aarons. And I'm Ethan Lundholm. And we'd like to welcome you to Finding Paradise. Kind of a, a long time coming, a project that we've both been uh, really wanting to get off the ground and finally getting this uh, podcast started. So we're going to tell a little bit of our life stories and our own therapeutic reasons and hopefully yours too. <laughs> yeah, we hope you guys enjoy it. Um, again, we're just going to tell, we're just going to talk. It's just going to be a couple of guys, uh, some friends here with microphones, sitting in a basement, supporting each other and supporting other people. Hopefully it uh, it does something for you as well. Yeah, the first few episodes will be our stories because uh, we owe you that, even though there might be cringy parts. <laughs> right. But that's fine. Yeah, we're not really going to hold back. No, we're uh, we're really having a blast with this thing, and we hope that you guys uh, enjoy it as well. Yep. So, I guess with that, uh, welcome to Finding Paradise, guys. Yeah, help us find it. My name is Ethan Lundholm. I was a witness, born and raised, and then I got this fellowship probably about six years ago. Yeah, it's yeah. about six years ago. Something like that. Deep roots. Very deep roots on both sides of the family. Uh, let's see. My mom's parents moved here from, moved here from Norway. So what's that, third generation? And when they came here, they found the truth. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, I think that's... Yeah, I think you're... Well, I think you're the second... Yeah, no, her grandparents came. Her... Yeah, no, it was my mom's grandparents yeah, came over. Yeah, so, so you're so, third generation born in. <clears throat> on that on side. On that side. But I think you're, I want to say fourth on the other. Am I fourth? I yeah. think on that side it's fourth. Because I don't... We might no. not have closed the gap for our listeners here. Ethan and I are related. Sorry, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah, he's... Uh, Tyler is married to my second, second cousin. Yeah. yeah. My father's cousin. Yeah. So, yeah, on the Lundholm side, I think... I think it might be fourth generation, at least third, maybe fourth. Yeah. And are there, is there a couple anointed, like, in, like, the generation just out, just older than us? I want to say, like, not Nathan, but I want to say, like, wasn't there some? Maybe not? No? I don't think so. Okay, good. No, no, Nathan. <laughs> You'd think Nathan would think he's anointed, yes. Seems like that Definitely kind of guy. has the characteristics of someone who... Yeah believe they're part of the United, but no, he was the CEO, I know that, so, but yeah, um, home side deep, Williams side deep, although the Williams were much more casual, definitely, the mom's, mom's side is, uh, like mom would tell me when I was young, we'd have conversations, because I was just kind of like, I never, I, I'm not going to say I never completely bought in, but I definitely had a hard time buying in. It's kind of like me. Well, I mean, and yeah, even your uncles, like conversations and things yeah. that I've had with your uncles. It's like, yeah, yeah. And I never, I was never a kid that was like, oh, I'm gonna go to Bethel. I'm gonna pioneer. I'm gonna do. A, I just didn't. I didn't care. It didn't. I don't know. We'll get into it more, but it didn't really click. Like you were talking about last night. Nothing really clicked, and I would tell that to my mom, and my mom was very open and very kind, and she would just say, "Yeah, I know. Like, you're kind of like." my family you're not she's like i never am going to expect you to go to bethel or be a ceo or anything like that you know so there's definitely more pressure from the one home side for sure i can attest to that yeah <laughs> yeah but um no i don't know i was just kind of 
Growing up, I started seeing some things right away. The beards bothered me. I mean, the beards bothered me before I could grow pants. <laughs> right. You know, before I was like... Before I, I could grow facial before hair. I, yeah, before I had even puberty, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Because, I mean, who are you to tell somebody that they can't have... I mean, if a man has a nice beard, or woman, <laughs> let them grow it. What does it matter? I mean... But anyways, that, tattoos, and then just some of the other stuff. I'm just never really added up I guess and I'll remember that as I talk but I definitely tried when it's all that you know and most of your family is indoctrinated heavily I mean you have to kind of follow suit because there's not really much out there yeah there's you. not a lot of gray area yeah you kind of have to for lack of shape up or ship out kind of yeah. mentality but I was always drawn, even as a child, I was always drawn to the darker aspect of things. I was always questioning, well, like, why did Satan, you know, like, well, didn't God create him perfect and all that stuff? So why is he? But do, you can't, I mean, you can't, you know, play devil's advocate to the fucking devil. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, things like that, just, I was curious. I definitely asked a lot of questions. Probably too many at some points. Well, but that just shows that you're, I mean, you're naturally thinking about stuff. You want to understand things. You're not someone that just, oh, yeah, okay, and just, you know, sucks it up and just buys whatever you're told. Yeah, no, I need a reason. I mean, it was definitely one of those kids whose mom and dad tell you, don't do this. You say, why? And they don't give you a good reason. Then you back talk me and get spankings, but that's fine, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm sure they had their reasons. My parents were, my parents, I do love my parents. They were very good parents. As far as parents go, cults aside, they genuinely loved me, they genuinely cared for me, and I believe they still do. And I would agree. Yeah. yeah. I, I, obviously, I've known your parents for years as well. They are great people, really. Very nice people. I don't really hold anything against them at all. I did for a little bit there, you know. But as time goes on, you kind of start to feel sorry, a little empathetic. Pity. Pity. That's kind of where I've actually gotten. Like Pity. I, yeah, I have no animosity towards yeah. anyone. I yeah. almost think like the scriptures, skinned like or like sheep without a shepherd. Pretty much, it's kind of like that, really. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we should start a little more linear, though. So when I was born, 1990, born and raised, as far as I can remember, all my friends were witnesses. My, I have one sibling, my sister. She was born in 1995, and then, yeah, I mean, my life was basically just witnesses. That's all I ever knew. I was homeschooled. I, I did go to school for a little bit in, like, fourth grade because I sucked at math. And my mom wasn't good either. <laughs> so like, she's like, I'm not going to act like I can teach you. I need you. some help. Yeah. <laughs> so the school's a couple blocks away. Just go there. That was my first little bit of... Outside exposure, yeah. Unwatched exposure from my parents. That was interesting. I definitely learned a lot. Things I still carry with me today. Those kids probably don't remember me at all, you know. But I remember them. I remember remember some of the stuff that I learned. And I I guess I should say, though, I did have neighbor friends growing up. Right. So, like, I, I did have friends that weren't witnesses, but I didn't spend hours on end like in school with them i mean i'm still friends with him today I, maybe he doesn't mind if i say his name but mitchell i'll just say mitchell yeah 
we've been friends for a long time. He's he watched me go through <laughs> all this right. stuff from just the outsider perspective. So sometime it would be fun to talk to him just to see, you know, like, man, how weird was I? <laughs> you know, right. like, yeah. Was I Fill that awkward? A bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, fourth grade, went to school, then uh, homeschooled after that, up until seventh grade. Seventh grade, went to a charter school that had, I mean, the whole school, it was very new and had maybe 150 kids when I first started going. Okay. Across all grade levels? Across all okay. grade. Yes, the whole entire school. <laughs> K-12. Uh, no, oh, no. no oh. So it was it was 7th through 12th. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Still, little less that is grade, not a big school. Tiny. Tiny. I mean, my, each graduate, my graduating class was just a little bit smaller than that entire school. Yeah. Had I graduated, I think I would have graduated with like eight, nine people. <laughs> That sounds like some schools around where I grew up, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a terrible school. It was decent people, and there's people, again, still that I talked to that I met there. But the shitty part was, I mean, my best friend, who was also, and it's just not shitty, though, because I did enjoy the time I spent with him, and I still miss him, too, but he went to the same school. That's how we learned about it. And then... I think there was four, at least four or five other witnesses going to that school. So you can imagine in a school that's... that's pretty high percentage yeah, of witnesses. You're not really going to get away with anything. Yeah. And I was never I was never really a sneaky kid. I just didn't... I don't know. I like being an just, honest... Yeah, never really I don't felt the need to put on a show. Yeah. But I, I mean, I did sneak stuff. I definitely did some stuff that had my parents known would have been an issue. But... Nothing by any worldly person's standards, you know, like, <laughs> out of line. Right, right. Normal shenanigans no, that kids get up to. But holding hands. Oh. <laughs> Don't do it. Put a glove on or anything. <laughs> That's like, uh, you can watch that movie, uh, Walk Hard. <laughs> he sings the, the song. The, story. You know, Singing that song, Hold My Hand. <laughs> the devil has hands, and he uses them for holding. Oh, gross. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, you know what they say. Idle hands spend time at the genitals, and we all know how Ooh. God hates that. Yeah. It's not so a fan of that. in someone else's hand. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah. High school is a little weird. Uh, not only... Where it was my best friend there. And when I say best friend, I mean, like, since I was born. Day one. Like, I, he's my brother to this day, you know. But not only was he in the school, we were actually deskmates for a few years. Okay. And uh, I remember this one time. Uh, there's this pretty cute girl, and her, she sent her friends over to ask me out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Jola. Her name was Jola. J-O-L-A. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> and they asked me right in front of my friend. Sure. And I just, like, looked at him, and he's staring at me. Just, like, what are you going to do, Ethan? What are you going to do? Right. I'm like, I can't, you know. Yep. And they're like, well, why not? Do you, do you not like her? I'm like, no, no. I, yeah, I absolutely do. She's cute. She's very nice. Well, then why? 
And it's like one of those first times when you're like, because of my religion. I said exactly what they not tell it, told us right. not to say. <laughs> right. It's because of my religion. <laughs> yep. I did the exact same thing. Yeah. That's how I got through high school as well. It was brutal. Yeah. I mean, at least that instance was pretty brutal. And I give credit to the kids now. The, like those kids that were like the outsiders. Like, man. Because I was still friends with them. Even though it was so weird. They still were like... It's all right. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was impressive. I, I I would hope that I would do the same thing. I would hope that I would act just like they did. Sure. Especially for the age. But, hey, yeah. No, I said no. And they finally were like, okay. And then the first thing Ross said to me after, oh, my friend said to me after was, I'm so proud of you, Ethan. I'm like, oh, <laughs> thanks. I'm like, I just wanted to smoke him, dude. Right, oh, right in the face. <laughs> and he goes, but he's just like, I'm so proud of you. You did the right thing. You did the right thing. I'm like, well, I only did that because you were watching me. <laughs> right. Like, seriously, we'd be making glaring. out behind the bleachers right now if you weren't ah, here. I know it's. <laughs> we didn't have bleachers. 150 kids, man. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have found somewhere. Yeah, we would find somewhere. Yeah. Normal <laughs> childhood, but I mean, that's pretty much how high school went. It was a lot of that kind of stuff. Anything I did that was a little out of line, I had to hide, and then I felt guilty about it. You know, I did get kicked out of school a couple times for very minor things, but but with those minor things, I remember, I remember one time, it was the. For, or no, the first time I got kicked out of school, the teacher said, don't throw this thing again, you know. And then all the kids threw it, and then as soon as I picked it up to throw it, then the teacher walks in. I get caught. Explain the story to my parents. My parents, being as cool as they were, for the circumstances, didn't care. But the second time, <laughs> it was like this school prank for April, April Fool's Day. And uh, a couple of my buddies were like, hey, so we're going to go on the intercom. And as soon as you hear us say now, it's going to be during reading time, we're going to say now. And whoever's in on it, stand up and just walk out. Like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> right. It was the day before, you know, or whatever they were telling me that they were going to do this. So I actually asked my dad, get, based on the way he reacted the first time, something weird happened, but it was just silly. Right. So I asked him, I was like, hey, Dad, what are you? What do you think about it? Like, if I just do this skip school. And, yeah, it wasn't even skipping school. We were going to walk back in. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like we were oh. all leaving or anything like gotcha. that. We just went outside. I'm thinking back on it. It's not a very good prank. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> we could have done way better. But I kind of told it to him, and I was like, you know, here's what they're thinking. And he's like, uh, well, well, you know, you're uh you're on your own, you know, you can make your own decisions type thing. And I said, okay, cool. He's like, I would advise you not to, but didn't didn't say anything about the consequences. <laughs> there wasn't right. going to be any consequences. Like He's just like, well, don't, probably don't, but whatever. So I did it. And uh, like one of the first, that he took, I mean, he took, he took my guitar away and told me he was going to sell it. <laughs> nice. He took my TV and my PlayStation out of my room, which is very privileged anyway, so, all right. Whatever. Fair enough. But the one that got me was, and he had used this 
other times too, but I'm going to have to step down. I'll take a step back here. My father was an elder. Sure. Pretty much since I can remember, my dad was an elder. I know some kids had the privilege of having a dad that really could balance both roles well. I'm not going to say mine could. I will not say mine could. Sure. And I, yeah, I can see that too. Like, he was an elder. He for was sure. an elder first, by far. Yep. So, so your kid does something silly, like what I just described, and you hit him with, well, because of you, at 14 years old, 15 years old, whatever it was, I'm going to have to change my entire life, and I'm going to have to step down, down as an elder. Which to me, at that point, I mean, elders are kind of like your heroes in a way. So that's a big thing. That's a bit, right. that's a heavy thing to put on your child. Because you did something that I didn't necessarily tell you not to do, I'm going to have to drastically change my life. Yeah, that's intense. That's a lot to put that's on a kid. That's a heavy... <laughs> yeah. I was just like, good lord. I remember like almost like like welling up in tears talking to my mom. Like, is he serious? Like, did I just fuck up his chances of staying an elder? And she's like, No. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the cool, yeah. the cool mom. The reasonable I one. swear to God, dude, my mom would have been a hippie if she wasn't. <laughs> if she, she's, yeah. Anyways, but yeah. So he didn't have to step down. Of I think course it was he didn't. A, and I think that's where the guilt stuff played in. I know, I know that's a pretty, like that kind of casts over a lot of the witnesses and possibly a lot of cults. I mean, just the guilting aspect is just kind of ingrained in you. Especially because, I mean, since my parents were born into it also, they had that guilt aspect. Before, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like, it was similar to like, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. But then, after that, they continue to twist and just push right. and poke. Say little well, things here that, and there. Like, yeah. It's the whole model. <laughs> well, it's the fog model. Fear, obligation, guilt. Those are, you know, yeah, they just got the, those models down. I know, I guess, man. Kind of it. It's, it's my thing, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because you have the bite model, which is mm -hmm. admittedly what will, we hope to actually address a lot of aspects of the bite model through this podcast. And we specifically actually want to look at that, but we want to look at it from how it impacts somebody's stories. And for those that aren't uh, very familiar, a quick rundown of the bite model behavior, information, thought, and emotion, those four aspects, if you can control those, you are exerting undue influence on a person, and it is a <clears throat> essentially an abusive, manipulative relationship. Yeah. So, and then I mean, yeah. Once you once you have that under control, I mean, that doesn't just stop it when it when you're talking about religion or you know, if we were talking about Jehovah's Witnesses stuff, like say getting baptized. Yeah, they're gonna guilt you into getting baptized, but it doesn't stop there. It was a, it was just a tactic that's ingrained into yeah, your everyday stops. life. You know, never. I mean, even you're thinking never quite good enough. Yeah, even thinking back on it, like just that school situation, it was like, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to, but like, well, maybe you should just tell me what, <laughs> right. what's going to happen. Just tell me what's going to happen if I do that. Actually, what happened is they locked us out of the school. <laughs> we all locked out. They locked. I forgot about that. They locked us out and then called all their parents and wrote us all up. Yep. That's how I got settled. There you go. But yeah. Anyways. You thought you were just going to walk back into class. Yeah, that's what we tried. Yeah. A couple kids got back in before they realized what was going on. 
but anyways, yeah, it's just like, why don't you just tell me what, be yeah. up front with me instead of giving me, me wishy-washy people. At least. Yes. So, anyways, we did that, uh, so then, I don't know, I mean, I, I, was, I did text girls and stuff like that, and we had, I did some stuff that I didn't let my parents know about, but again, I didn't really try to hide much Well, and again, that's them. normal behavior. Yeah, I, I just didn't care to. My mom was so nice, and I was such a dick to her, you know, that I felt like I... Even though I was still a dick to her, I always felt like I owed her that, to be honest with her. And they still do. So I, yeah, I kept on going to school, wasn't good at it. Uh, very left-minded, if that's the terminology. Sure. Like artsy, you like to think more creative. Artsy, farty, like, I'm not going to sit there. And So I just didn't do good, and uh, I'm going to be honest, the whole no college thing was a little bit of a relief to me. Because I didn't yeah. want to go. Sure. I hated school, man. I hate, I have a little bit of a different mindset now. Right. You can see the value at least. Yes. Yeah. So Whether I, it's I, for you or not, you can at least see the value. Yeah. But it, I did definitely use that to my advantage. When the teachers would be like, well, aren't you planning on going to college? Don't you have anything figured? No, I'm a witness. Yeah, you my religion won't let you me. Get back, back off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I yeah. definitely use that. And I... Whatever, maybe, maybe I would have enjoyed that regardless. Yeah. Well, that's you know my brother, uh, the one that's disfellowshipped that I do speak with yet. Um, he told me he's kind of same deal. He probably never would have gone to college, and he never did. But he said, you know, he looking back would have liked at least liked to have the option. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, say I wasn't very good at school and I didn't have the school mindset, but had I seen my peers, my close peers, like the ones that I was allowed to hang out with, advance and go on to college, maybe I would have gotten that competitive spirit and been like, and, and saw the value earlier. Sure. You know? Right. But you don't. So, I, I mean, I just kind of went on and pissed my way through school and I... About 17, I met a, oh, oh, no, let me back up. I should tell my baptism story first. Yeah, yeah, when were you baptized? Yeah, so I was baptized at 15. <clears throat> Decently young, but way young. I mean, you were way younger than that. Sure. But I got baptized with, I had two best friends, and I got baptized with the other one, who I'm still extremely close with today. We talk a lot. And he's still a witness, but don't, you know... <laughs> don't tell anybody. Don't, don't tell his wife. Yeah. <laughs> but I got baptized when I was 15. Um, I had had a couple discussions with my dad before that. I didn't want to get baptized. I did not want to get baptized. I just It didn't seem right. It didn't sit well. Anytime I thought about it, you'd get the butterflies in your stomach, and you're like, it's just not... It's well, yeah, not it doesn't, me. It's not. It's not a natural thing to do. But everyone right? else treated it so natural, right? Like it was just a normal thing. So I'm like, why am I so weird? You know? That was yep. Like, that I, was my thing too. Yeah. It's always going to make sense. All right, fine. Yeah, you just kind of go with the flow, I guess. And when you're a person that already goes with the flow naturally, which I found out later, I definitely am. That's dangerous, man. Like. 
Yeah, I, I, my entire life is now shaped around me just going with the flow. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's you it's know, weird I mean, how that works out. But yeah. I mean, even at, at that time, I, like at, the reason we have this podcast is because I was just like, well, like, whatever, I guess I, I have to. So it made it a lot easier that my best friend was going to do it with me. But I remember telling my dad, like, dad, what, you know, what if I just don't want to? What if I don't want to get baptized? I remember, the, I remember the drive home. It was just me and him. Mom and Olivia were sick. We were driving home. We were passing Hardee's on Highway 7. I'm like, Dad, what if I don't want to get baptized? And he was pretty honest with me. I mean, uh, he, he just said, well, I mean, that's up to you. And I was probably 13, 14 years old at the time. He said, that's up to you. You don't have to. But... Your mother but. and I would be disappointed if, you know, we'd be upset if you didn't. That's all he had to say. Yep. <laughs> That's all he had to say. Uh, I love my parents. So obviously I don't want to want to disappoint them on right? such an extreme level. Yeah, because that is, like, that's the worst disappointment that yeah. you can be. Yeah. Plus, I mean, I'm not extremely competitive, but genetically there's a lot of competitive spirit there and my freaking cousin got baptized at 13 Ooh. Oh. and she was even a year older than me so let's see what's that four uh, like she got baptized 13 i'd have been 12 so up until 15 she just rubbed it rubbed it in rubbed it in make the wound bigger and then mm -hmm. rub more in so i'm like yeah i gotta i gotta get this out of the way so got baptized that's the one that's not married they live in california or something now right I have no idea, dude. They live in California. I think so. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, coincidentally, the... So, there's like an Etsy store where... I don't know. There's a shop where they sell, like, JW pins and things like that. Uh, they run that. Like, it's actually a big business that they do now, I guess. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, they're still in, but I mean, I think they... I think they turn a pretty decent... Um, I think they do all right. Huh. Well, I mean, good for him. Right. Whatever. Fantastic. Yeah. I think he's a s substitute circuit overseer now. That would make sense. Yeah. 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 Would shoot high. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah they She's are definitely, very, um, very... Let's, uh, let's put it this way. If was in politics, she'd be very successful. She'd be that... Uh, oh, what was that? Scandal. Carrie Washington. Yeah, you don't watch TV. I don't really either. No. <laughs> we'll Nor do I follow politics. Right. <laughs> the one trade I took with me from the Jehovah's Witnesses is I don't get involved in politics, man. I can't. I get too mad. I do see a little bit of a benefit from... I mean, but to I shouldn't say that because if everyone was like me, this would be a shit show, but... <laughs> right. Not that it isn't right now anyways, right. but it'd probably be a lot. So I agree to those people that have it figured out more power to you. Yeah. I do not. I've, uh, yeah, I I've not. become more political lately. You know, I've just, even over yeah. the last couple of months, I've kind of, I still am, I'm fairly, I'm not super yeah. invested, but I am, I'm interested. Whereas yeah. I was never really interested even before. Now I actually do want to know more things. I guess to that point, I, w I would I have to agree this last year has definitely made me a little more like I'm actually thinking about getting involved after all this stuff, but that's a whole different topic. Right. <laughs> yep. 
whole different topic. Right. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I got baptized at 13. So the fact that I waited as long as I did was br a little brutal, but whatever. I, I, I got baptized 15 years old, and then I remember right after, I, I think I kind of realized I fucked up. But I mean, and when I when I say right after, I mean I was still wet, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like I I had put my suit back. I went back into that weird. I just room didn't feel right. Put I put my suit back on, and uh, people I didn't even know were coming up to me, and they were going. Yeah, because your hair's wet, probably. Yeah, and they're coming up to me, and like, what should seem, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, I guess, as loving, they were saying the weirdest shit, man. They were saying. Oh, do you feel the Holy Spirit upon you? And the look in their eyes, which I I figured out now within the last couple of weeks, is that culty glaze, apparently that we all yeah, had. It's just weird that I was unaware. But I remember their eyes were so weird. Every one of them, and it was all dozens. Do you feel the Holy Spirit upon you? Do you feel different? Do you feel different? And I would look at my mom, and I'd be like, "No." Like, <laughs> and they would look at me to like, feel "What different?" I just wanted, I just took a swim. Yeah, I feel the exact same. <laughs> I just like, had a little bath. Supposed to feel different? Did I screw up somehow, or did, did my foot pop up? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Did I not actually get the Holy Spirit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did I mess this up too? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. But anyways, yeah, I kind of, I kind of knew. I think subconsciously. I messed up, and uh, I just ignored it and went on with my daily business. I I only pioneered, I think, when I was 16. I only auxiliary pioneered for, like, a month, and I hated it, dude. Oh, I hate But I what I did notice was these auxiliary pioneers were... Yeah, you get your, what was it, 30 hours in a month at that yeah. time? Yeah, well, I think, well, I think it's 50, but I'm guessing you probably got in on one of the, like, on special occasion months yeah. when the CO comes oh, yeah, it, it was, was like for, 30 uh, months. I think it was a memorial track. Special campaign like, stuff. Yeah, it yeah. was a special campaign month. Yes, yes. Now they have the, well, now they don't even have our requirements for buying. <laughs> oh, <that's> right, <laughs> they <yeah>. completely <laughs> removed that now. <laughs> and amazingly enough, now that they removed the hour requirements, they're getting more applications for Pioneers. Oh, weird. Can I apply? We should. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so uh, you pioneered once. Yeah, I pioneered once, and then I started seeing, like, uh, just subtle things. Like, it's like, well, like, people that had been pioneers I was going out with, you know, for a while, and they'd be like, well, let's just go eat, or something like that. It was just kind of like a, a passive, like, yeah. There's <laughs> I, there's an elder in our hall. Everyone jokes about they want to go out in service with him because you know you're not taking any doors. You're gonna well, you're, yeah. gonna, you're gonna take one door, yeah. and then he's got to make a couple stops. He's got to drop off a check for this and that. He's got to stop by the bank. We just got to drive through the bank real quick, and then you're gonna go sit at somewhere and have a break for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. So, which is fine for yeah. the standard witness. I mean, you're going out on a Saturday. You got a busy life. You got a couple things you got to take care of. But at least you're trying to put. For some effort, I guess you know to get out in the ministry and save all those people. But when it started, when I started seeing it with pioneers, people that had dedicated so much time, where they're just kind of taking advantage of the system uh, to a certain extent. It just that I, I started to have a little bit of a shift. You started to see the hypocrisy 
Even more so than when I was talking about the beards and the tattoos and just kind of like, I started getting a little more brazen at that point. I'm sure the testosterone of being a teen <laughs> didn't help, but I was kind of like, this isn't right. You know, it's just weird. So I never did it again. I hated it and it was hypocritical, yeah. you know. Well, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you reduce, you know, something that's important as that? Like, you know, going that's... out in the ministry to a slip of paper that you turn in at the end of the month. We put it on such a high pedestal yeah. that to see the people that are excelling in that avenue of the religion take advantage of it and be like, meh, was, uh, I mean, kind of jaw-dropping. Well, kind of like it you was said, very you, unexpected. you value honesty. Yeah. Even if it wasn't what necessarily somebody wanted to hear, you would rather yeah, so be you, honest like, with your mom. These and yeah. You'd rather see these people be honest with this situation. So like these individuals have a status in the congregation and people view them as a certain way and then to see them be like, no, it's, it's not really that way. Like, okay, then what else really isn't that way? I Like I said, I had always had a drawing to uh, metal... I shouldn't say metal, <laughs> but the, the 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 things that you weren't supposed to listen to. I well, liked yeah. the, I liked all aspects of music. I liked rap, you know, to a certain extent at the time, and I liked metal. I liked rock. I liked everything, but you're not supposed to like those things. So the ones after, I'd say about after fifteen, sixteen ish, I started just kind of getting into it, doing like listening more, allowing myself. To open up a little. I remember that shift when you start, like... Listening yeah. to the things I shouldn't listen Quotes. Shouldn't right. listen to. Tool. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> 10,000 Days had just come out. Ooh. And that, that album, dude. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah, so... What, where am I at? 16 years old. Hypocritical. Pioneers. <laughs> start listening to Good metal. band name, by the way. Yeah. Um... Yeah, we uh, just kept on with my day-to-day -day school stuff, and within, oh, let's see, I mean, another, oh, I hadn't gotten my license yet. This was a funny, real quick and funny story. Baptized at 15, and I'm 16 now, going out in service and stuff, and I still don't have my driver's license. Not that I was incapable, I was not allowed and I was not allowed to get my driver's license because, to quote my mother, you were too immature. So I'm too immature, just a fucking jackass, to get my driver's license. But you're mature enough to dedicate your life. But at life. this point, I'm already a year into dedicating my entire life to something I do not understand. Right. Yeah. You know? And it's just like a... It's exactly what, you know, the things that started to wake me up when it started, well, applying that same line of reasoning towards my children. Yeah. It was the same type of thing. I couldn't explain it to them, so why could I push it? Mm -hmm. Like, how could I do that? Yeah. So then I had to sit there as a 16-year-old in driver's ed with all these kids that are 15, and, like, <laughs> and some of the kids are from my school. They're like, why are you here now? <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it to you. Right. It's embarrassing. Fucking embarrassing. But, so yeah, I got my license at 17, and then I really started branching out. 
Like I started going to different congregations, meeting new people, and uh, I, yeah, we did a little drinking and stuff. That was probably the start of uh, the downhill slide, I'd say. When I started, I, I don't think I really understood what I was realizing yet. The things were there, but I didn't, I didn't have them all comprehended. Either that or I was just like putting them, it's like, I don't even want to think about that because I can't even do anything about it. So I'm just going to dive in and I'm going to start branching out and making a lot of witness friends. Or as many as I could. And I made a decent amount with what I was given. So I would party in the cities. Well, not I would J-Dub party in the cities. Right. <laughs> not, not party party, but, you know, you have a couple drinks or whatever. Right. Uh, I'd go down south and... Um, actually, turned me on to a few friends that I still talk to <laughs> up nice. in the cities that I've really actually partied with. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, uh, I guess... Uh, so I would go with my I would go with my dad because he would give a lot of talks to the surrounding congregations. He's a very very well spoke individual. Like definitely gives a lot of talk, good talks, and added a lot of flavor. He's a good speaker. One of the greatest watchtower conductors, man, that I've Abs ever known. Yeah, actually, by yes. far. Yeah, yeah. He could nail that. It even I mean it was hard after I got this fellowship going back with especially like going with Pan, my girlfriend, and he would be given the watchtower. You'd be conducting the watchtower. It was fun, but it was still awkward, you know. But at least even Pan could recognize it. Yes. He's good at this. Sure. He's good at being a speaker, you know. So he would give a lot of talks, and uh, one time we I went down with him with a friend of mine. Me, him, and a friend of mine went down to St. James, and I met a girl. And I was almost 18, almost 18, but uh, we just hit it off. And uh, I mean, thinking back on it now, I don't know if we really hit it off, but we were definitely physically attracted to each other. And it, you know, kind of just got me even going more that I knew a lot of people were attracted to her. <laughs> a lot of my friends. <laughs> she was cute, dude. Yeah, so I mean, I mean it yeah, was what it, it was. Your ex-wife's hot, dude. She was hot. Yeah, she was, was hot. I've seen her. <laughs> no. Is, no, I have not seen her. Well. Let's just say I won that one. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, so we uh, started talking. I got my license, so we're driving. I'm driving back and forth. I think she had her license at that time, too, because as crazy as her parents were, they still allowed her to get her driver's license at a normal time, so we were on the same, same level. Yeah, I was actually friends with her older sister. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, me God. too. God, <laughs> holy shit. I mean, I'll say some stuff about my ex, but her sister was a nutcase. She is To this day, nuts. still probably She's one very of the crazy. craziest people I've met. Yeah. I'll take you on, too. If right. You want. <laughs> yeah, and, and not to say crazy as in, like, mentally mm -mm. Like, she's just... Which she may be. I don't know. I'm not... Vindictive. Yes. She is not a great person. No. No. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so we started... Uh, this was during the days of MSN Messenger. Mm. Mm-hmm. I had my own room in the basement of my parents' place. So, you know, I could get away with pretty much anything. And uh, 
her and I did pretty much everything. <laughs> yeah. We dated for a long time, and... Oh, well, I shouldn't say a long time, but, I mean, we dated uh, for a good year and a half. Which, in witness That's age... Yeah. pretty long. Right. You know? That's like seven years in regular oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did, dated for a while, and got a away with a lot of stuff and we were just kind of not honest and no one caught on and it was just and then I started realizing that everyone was doing that literally everyone so everything started to get even a little more transparent for me at that time it's just I'm still in I'm still mentally I'm still in yeah but it's starting to crack the foundations are starting to crack me and so and so are doing stuff and everyone else is doing the same stuff and possibly even more. But, uh, so then we decided to get engaged. And, just another testament to how cool my mom is. <laughs> I, I remember asking her, like, what do you think about this whole situation? Because, I mean, to get, to get engaged and married by 18, 19 years old as a witness is not uncommon. It's actually no. extremely common. And even my mom was like, I wish you were older. <laughs> a little bit wiser. See, throughout, I'm just going to focus on mom for just two seconds here, but throughout my entire childhood, it's just, she was not a witness. Like, you could see it. Which she made just it never so really pushed it. It was just kind of along for the ride. Yes, but she knew nothing else, man. Like, in her entire life was enveloped in this religion. And God bless my mom, even though I don't believe in him. <laughs> she just doesn't have the balls to stand up I mean uh, metaphorically clearly she doesn't have balls right. metaphorically she did not have the balls to stand up to anybody and tell people what she honestly thought because if she did that that woman would be unstoppable yeah I would agree but so I, I just remember telling, uh, talking to her about that and she goes I, I wish you were older and I said oh well uh, I didn't say this, but in my head I was like, "Yeah, but I want to, I want to bang." Right. So you're with this you're kid. Me you to, want the license to be able to do what you want I'm to do. Pent up, eighteen years. Exactly. You know, like yeah. So unless you're gonna let me do that, <laughs> right? <laughs> without getting married. Got some frustrations here, mom. This needs to come. <laughs> so yeah, we got married. Uh, I was nineteen. She was eighteen. And, uh, I mean, there was already red flags, you know. There was red flags before that that popped up. And she even kind of made me start thinking before we were married, too. She would, she said something to me once. She was like, well, I don't, I'm not really sure if I want to be a witness my entire life, Ethan. And then I had to, I had to choose quick. You know, like, am I going to agree with her or am I going to double down? So I doubled down. I had to. I, I didn't know what else to do. Right. It was, it caught me off guard. I doubled down and I said, well, I don't know if we can be together then. She was like, okay, well, for you then, you know. But yeah. I'm not, well, we won't talk about this or whatever. And I mean, that long story short, I'm out. <laughs> and last I heard, she's still in. <laughs> I think so. So, yeah. okay, whatever. But There's been a lot of weird things with like, both like her and her mom and... Yeah, so, I mean... Which, uh, I mean, we don't... Oh no, we can get it. We can get into it a little bit because I mean that was definitely a, a 
later on fortified me in myself, like that I was an okay individual. Because after, well, I mean, we can get there, but ultimately we got divorced, clearly. And uh, her, like, not long after, her parents split up. I mean, they had been together for 20, 20 years, 25, 25 years, years with multiple kids and, and young kids even. And yeah, they actually, were I bet just, they were pushing 30 years, honestly, because her older sister was mid to late 20s. Yeah, that, that family was so dysfunctional. So dysfunctional. Yeah. And I, I realized later on I had a pattern uh, <laughs> that I followed, you know. <laughs> But um, I'm not going to dog on him too hard. It, I mean, her older brother was just a peach. One of the nicest guys. So I don't want to dog he on is. him too yeah. hard. But, uh, yeah, so we got married. I was 19. She was 18. And within, I mean, a, a year started turning sour because we were young. I mean, I could sit here and say, well, she was a bitch. And she was. But I'm not going to blame her for all that either. I mean, we were both figuring out what the hell our lives had in store. Here I'm trying to be a good witness and I'm hating every second of it. But I can't admit that because I already doubled down. <laughs> you know, I already told her, I'm going to be a witness for the rest of my life. And she's flaky, sometimes doesn't come home. So there's obviously things there that I'm like, wow, you know. And abusive, she was abusive, you know. And if I was too, I, I don't think I'm physically never. I would never be abusive physically. But if I mean, if I was emotionally abusive, it was probably in retaliation. But who knows? I could have been emotionally abusive. So we just didn't work out. Well, there's not self awareness there. I mean, no, just, no. Yeah. I I didn't know, and I can tell you, she was very. She said terrible things to me. Made me feel like shit. But since I am an honest person, and I'd like to stick to my word, it was like, well, I made a commitment already. And that's kind of how I felt about the baptism thing. Like, even though I'm not really into this, man, like, I already made a commitment. You'll I'll see it through. I'll see it through. I'll stick to my guns. Like, I have to. What If a man doesn't have his word, if a person doesn't have their word, I mean, what good are you? And uh, so it started crumbling, and it was hard. You know, it was rough. I mean, that's your first real relationship. Right. So you're going through a lot of emotions. I'm going through not really believing the life I'm living. My wife at the time was starting to leave and change into a person I didn't know, you know. And now I'm stuck. I'm married. I, I can't. Well, because you can't get divorced. I can't get divorced. Because of the rules. I'm pretty sure she didn't cheat on me. So I was like, I couldn't, or I couldn't prove it at least. So I was like, I can't get divorced. I can't leave because I'll lose my entire support structure. So all this stuff just started coming down on me, man. But no one had any answers. So when this stuff started coming down and she was, uh, I think we just decided to split up. I was a wreck. And it wasn't just for that reason. I mean, it was just so many things. And I remember talking to uh, two elders. And they're like, well, what do you what do you want from us? And I was just like, <laughs> keep in mind, one of these elders is like literally my second dad. It's my, uh, my one best friend's father. What do you mean? What do I want from you? Give me 
give me guidance. Like, give me something that I can do to fix this, you know, to fix everything, to just, just help me along. All they could do was read from the Bible. <laughs> That's all they could do. They just kept reading scriptures. And none of them made any sense. And it's like, oh, uh, during that, that was like one of my first elders meetings. During that elders meeting, I watched my heroes become human. And that was a yep. huge turning point. So, I, like, if my mom ever hears this or something, the reason I was so depressed during that time, so ungodly depressed, was not just because of Jackie. It was, I was losing my religion, R.E.M., bud. <laughs> I was yep. losing my religion, I was losing my wife, I was going to probably and eventually lose my friends, my family. So I was just like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, so give me more. something. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I left. I left Hutchinson. I came down to Cato. And I was just kind of a shell for a while. I was a shell, and I filled the shell. I filled the void with booze and drugs. And that, I mean, it was not like I was trying. Well, I should, hold on, let me back up a little bit. I, I was suicidal. I definitely was suicidal. I was hospitalized because we were pretty sure. Like, if, if my parents weren't around, I wouldn't be here that night. That one specific night, I wouldn't be here. So I was hospitalized for a night and stuff. And even after that, like, I, <laughs> I'd be driving. Sometimes I'd just be driving my Impala, and I'd, I'd just floor it. And then, But, I mean, I would do that regardless, but I would just take my hands Yeah, it's like a, like a release. Yeah, but I'd, I'd just take my hands off the wheel. I mean, I got... Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And I, I, I was, I'm, obviously, I'm fine. <laughs> you made <laughs> you know? it? Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. So uh, the thoughts of suicide uh, faded relatively quickly. I think I, I had spent time surrounding myself with individuals at work, regardless, you know, of if they were good people or not. And it's kind of irrelevant because it still was, they still gave me perspective, you know, like just normal people that have been through stuff before and terrible stuff sometimes. And I've always been kind of a, a soft looking individual from what I've heard. So people the open world up. needs sissies too. Yeah. <laughs> people open up to me and share things that made me feel better. And even my witness friends by this point were... Yeah, pretty much with me there on the fence, you know. Sure. Yeah, whether they knew it or not, I mean, they were. So, um, those thoughts faded quick. I got into partying and drugs. And it wasn't necessarily to fuck myself. Half of it was to fuck myself up. I, I had an instance with a, or with a guy that I worked with at Runnings, and people would kind of joke about the fact that he had a whole year that he didn't remember, you know, and they'd be like, wow, that's crazy, that guy really partied, you know, I'm like, wow, he's cool, type thing, and I was like, well, if that works, this whole last yeah. five years hey, let me a get shit some of that. show, <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to forget it, so I definitely delved in, but the other half of that was, I just wanted to experience, I, all these things, I had been lied to so much at that point. 
And I was like, what else is a lie? You know, and so uh, first opportunity that I had to smoke weed, I smoked weed. Which, I mean, I tried a lot of other drugs, but I do still smoke weed. And I'll probably smoke until I'm dead, illegal or not. But there was something weird, because in high school, my mom and my sister got this all the time. But in high school and growing up, people always thought I was a stoner. Always thought I was a stoner. First impressions was I was a druggy stoner. The eyes don't help, but the demeanor also doesn't help. And I never understood why. So, Mr. <laughs> came down one day. Oh, that guy. After I'd been, you know, I got into drinking and stuff like that. Heavy, I mean, by this point, I was a seasoned I've professional. I've never heard this story. I'm interested. <laughs> I was a seasoned professional in the drinking field, you know. And I came down... And I, we, we knew that he's, a, he, yeah, he smokes some weed and stuff. He comes down with a whole 12-inch sub, fully loaded, smashes the thing in five minutes, man. And not even five minutes goes by and goes, God, I am hungry. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a little peckish. Yeah, yeah. So, Joe, um, yeah, Joe, uh, He's like, yeah, well, let's just go get some food or whatever. And he kind of looked at me because him and I had had discussions in the past. You know, I knew Ed Joe had smoked and stuff, and he knew I was interested. So we went to go get some more food. And uh, bust out a bowl while we're driving around. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'll take a hit of that. Nothing has clicked harder in my life. Because before that, I, I was on uh, Prozac. For depression and ambient because I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep with shit. That's so scary, man. I mean, you're taking a pill that it's the size of a galdang sesame seed and it knocks you the fuck out in 15 minutes max. And if you don't go right. to sleep, you're tripping balls. That's weird. That, you know, I'm like, I'm allowed to take that, but so I, I, <laughs> I smoked the sweet and I got baked and like, a different Ethan came out. Someone that I was super familiar with but didn't know. And it, it just made sense all of a sudden. Like, oh, this is, this is why these kids are always calling me a stoner. And <laughs> it just, it flowed. And I'm not saying that this is a, I'm not saying that weed is a cure. Don't, I'm not. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> experience yeah, is different. different. But for me, it was like, I slept good that night. I was okay. The stress right. had dwindled. You didn't die. I didn't die. You didn't OD. I was lied to. I realized <laughs> it. I'm like, well, this is not what I was told it was. So then I was like, wow, well, let's see what else is not what I was told it was. <laughs> when I tried to, you know, I definitely stuck to more like the psychedelics. I didn't get into like heroin and meth and stuff. I knew, I knew what boundaries. <laughs> you had <laughs> I did my research. You were dumb. I met enough people to, by that point to know what to shy away from and so I just you know I messed around with psychedelics and pills P prescription pills are so easy to get. but definitely alcohol took a hold a dirty hold pretty early on I do remember you drinking like a lot yeah you know around that time my first so no okay so now I should talk about by this point I had met a lot of 
um, friends walking witnesses up in the cities. So I was going up to the cities and going up to Fargo, partying every week. Like, I would alternate between the two. I mean, you go to the liquor store, buy 175 200 plus dollars worth of liquor, and it'd be gone the next day, you know. So it's not cheap. You're not sleeping. I'm getting sick all the time, but it's fun. And I remember at this point I was drinking to forget. I did not want anything to do with the last couple of years of my life. It was just too much. Subconsciously. I don't think it's a conscious decision, but... So, yeah, I was uh, doing that. And then I did meet... I, I met another girl that we kind of uh, hung out for a while. We didn't really do too much, but it was just kind of a, a fling. But I met her partying, you know. And, and that's when I realized I had a pattern. <laughs> tall, bru tall, bitchy brunettes. <laughs> <laughs> she fits the bill. Yeah. Tall, bitchy brunettes. And it's funny, because she's actually family of mine by marriage. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> We're yeah. all related. <laughs> Let's not cut that part out. <laughs> no, no that I mean, she, she was decent, but the more I got to know her, you know, and, and I didn't listen to any of my friends. I mean, with Jackie, it was the same way. My friends were like, really? She's hot. <laughs> And then, I mean, I should have taken the signs. I mean, Jackie didn't have any friends, you know. Like, the people that she considered her friends, I was better friends with. And I met them through her, you know. And, uh, and I won't say the same for Ashley. I think Ashley was not on Jackie's level. That, not, no, not at all. Not, a good person. I think she is a good person. I mean, I wish her the best. But it definitely... She's married now. I yeah, don't know. Yep. Yeah. Seems, okay. to be, seems to be doing all right. But there was definitely uh, signs that we would not work. And those signs being most of my friends being like, dude, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> that was the signs. And I'm like, yeah, again, well, she's hot. Right. But anyways. Um, yeah, that, that didn't last too long and made me more bitter because there was more hypocrisy that I was seeing. And I was just so fed up with it at this point so after that happened uh it was a it was kind of a repeat of jackie definitely smaller but it was a mixture of all these things because now i'm realizing even harder all oh, this is a sham man all these kids up in the cities are doing butt sex and they're <laughs> doing drugs they're doing out al drinking alcohol when they go to meeting on Sunday, like nothing ever happened, and no one asks que asks questions, because it's all like their parents that are elders, and the elders are doing the same thing. The wow. moms are doing the same thing. You're not going to convince me that it's not swinger groups out there, man. Like, it's the same thing, and it was so transparent. A goddamn after, a damn elder's wife was trying to get me. To not, she was trying to help get me hooked up with some chick in a bar. <laughs> we were all down, we were downtown. Elder's wife playing wingman. Yeah. <laughs> we were downtown Hudson drinking, man. And we were all drunk because we've been drinking all day, including this kid's parents. Right. <laughs> and she's like. Because drinking is the only thing you can do as a witness. So oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to do it good. Don't tell you're drunk. It's fine. <laughs> Everyone gets drunk. You're going to do it big. It at the meeting. <laughs> 
yeah, there was this cute girl that walked into the bar, and, uh, you know, we made eye contact, the cliche, whatever, bar shit. Uh, and I think I may have, have made some remarks, or whatever, and it was just me and drinking, and was great company. So I was like, well, all right, let's have a beer and chit-chat. We were like, I mean, we were gazing out across the dance floor, and that girl, that same girl, just one of those... One of those things like only girls notice, you know, like looks at you and then looks away. And did you see that? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? She's like, she wants you to go talk to her. I go, okay. <laughs> I mean, that didn't go anywhere. Her mom was right. That girl's mom was right there. It was really weird. So that didn't go anywhere. But the the point of the story is, an elder's wife is helping me turn and grab tail at a bar. <laughs> What the fuck? And by this time, yeah. I mean, like, I remember one time we were, we were, uh, out eating at Polly Eyes and still in our, in our dress clothes, we took the speaker out, uh, my family, the speaker, are all out, and me and we're sitting at the end together, and he knew I drank. This actually, this might have been after my first elders meeting, which I'll go back to about, but, uh. It was 25 cent um, pitchers. Okay. <laughs> a beer. So him and I split like three and a half pitchers. We were feeling good. I was tuned up, so I know he was tuned up. He was getting loud, dude. In front of people. Other elders. And no one was saying anything. Right. As long as you can stay upright and you're not puking. Yeah. Witnesses won't say a thing. Yeah. And I'm just like... This is so not me, man. Like, I'm drunk right now. And I don't care if you know that. But the thing is, if you know that, now I'm in trouble. It just it just kept building up. Kept building up. So, uh... <laughs> what happened? Let's see, how did I get to my... I don't even remember how I got to my first elders meeting, man. Or, not, like, I remember how I got there. But I don't remember the, the points leading up to it, even. Because... Uh, we'll just say, I was successful at forgetting a few years. <laughs> I definitely was successful. And after Ash came to, uh, I fell back into that little hole. And I lived off of Guinness for an entire week. I did not eat. I didn't drink anything else. I drank Guinness. And surprisingly, I was fine, dude. That's pretty heavy coherent. for a week. Yeah, yeah, it was weak. It's not something I'm necessarily proud of. Right, no. Uh, but it was impressive how good I felt. Like, I was I was like, wow, let's don't do it. But right. that's well, kind I mean, of weird. Numb is, at and that point, that's what you wanted. It was numb, yeah. Yep. And uh, I remember my dad. My dad knew something was up. I, I had moved back in with him at the time due to some other issues. Not through my fault of my own, but... He knew I was, they knew I was drinking a lot, and he, had, he just asked me one day, which I do respect this too, I mean, once I hit a certain age, and I moved out, and I did all my stuff, once I did have to, like, live with my parents again, my dad was pretty good to me, he understood that I had to do, he knew, he knew I was coherent enough to do what I had to do, and he knew I'd be... He knew you were just getting by. Yes. He understood. Yeah. So I remember him asking me, he's like, uh... I'm not trying to dig. Your life is your own. But are you okay? And I was like, um, 
Yeah, yeah, I'm alright, I'm just going through something, you know, like me and broke up, or not even really broke up, we didn't really date, I don't know, it was a weird situation, it was Jade updating, by far, yeah, it was Jade updating, and I guess we kind of went our separate ways, and he's like, okay, I didn't know that, so, you're gonna be alright, and I was like, yeah, I'll be fine, I just gotta, I gotta do some things to get this out of my system, and he's like, I get it. And he's like, overall, with this, because we hadn't talked too much about, I mean, this is, let's say I moved down here when I was 20, and by this time I was probably 23, 24, 20, nah, 20, nah, late 22, 23, probably. And uh, I was like, Dad, if I'm being honest with you, I, I barely remember the last two, three years. And he goes, good. <laughs> <laughs> they sucked not what I was expecting right but definitely appreciated like, sure thank you it, it's it, every once in a while even though you know even if he is the stereotypical elder dad like you said it's like every once in a while there's still that little bit of humanity that just there, squeaks though, man, through until, man yeah he didn't get it's there until crazy. I started getting old enough to call him and out it on takes time bullshit. yeah but he did get there you're right, yes, he absolutely did. He does have very humanitarian aspects to him. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's just funny. Good, he said. And, uh, so, man, I, I'm really drawn a blank, though. I'm, I think it was just kind of, um, the, I was partying and I didn't care. I didn't care to hide it. So everyone knew I was doing what I was doing. You know. Well, at that point, it was like, right or wrong, again, like you said, at that point it was working. And yeah. it's like, this is what I'm doing, and I don't really care. Yeah, I, just, I didn't so, give a shit. I didn't yeah. care. And so I think that's kind of what led up. Um, <laughs> oh, I was going to North Cato for originally, but I think I only made like two Meetings, three meetings, when I was going to North Cato. Oh! It came out that we had gone to, like, a strip club, I believe. <laughs> yeah. I think it, somehow they caught wind of that or something like that. And so, uh, uh, yeah, so they, like, the North Cato, they, I remember they tried to talk to me. I got a call from um, one of our other relatives, Mary, your, your brother-in-law. Um, he called me, and he's like, hey, Ethan, it's a beep. And I was like, oh, what's up, bud? And I, keep in mind, I love, I love him. He was super nice yeah. to me all the time. Yep. So I had no problems with him. And then he's like, hey, I was just uh, wondering how you're doing. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm great. I'm, and I wasn't lying. Because, I mean, yeah, I was doing a lot of things that you probably shouldn't do. And I was abusing a lot of things. But for the first time in my life, I actually felt like I had control. Like, I was okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was genuinely you were for the most right. part doing things on your terms. Yes, and I, I I'm, I'm great, man. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I was just wondering, you know, if uh, if you ever wanted to get together and you know have a conversation. At that time, I didn't really realize that he was trying to get me to come to an elders meeting. Yeah, he's fishing for information. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really. That didn't catch on right away. And I was like, no, I'm nah. <laughs> right. No. And then, it's that Jade, it's that witness <laughs> double speak that it's like yeah. just come out with it. No, yeah, I just was like, oh no, no, I don't need a doc. I'm fine. 
And I didn't really realize, like, he took, because there was a long pause after that, and he was like, oh, uh, okay. And then that was kind of <laughs> the, <laughs> the end of it until I switched to Mankato. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, you know, inevitably, I got pulled into a meeting or talked to by one of the elders, and they're like, hey, we were wondering if you would like to sit down have a talk with us. And my, if, if I remember right, my dad kind of advised that I do that. Uh, again, I just didn't care. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Okay, so they're like, how about uh, so-and-so such and such time? All right, yeah, that's fine, whatever. I forgot. And they called me and I was drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I was drunk at home because my parents had a party going right. on. I mean, I was Like when you're supposed drunk. to be at the meeting, you're... At home drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I was definitely late. And so no, I, yeah, I was late because I still went. <laughs> so I went Perfect. to my first elders meeting drunk, dude. I'm like, uh, there's no. I mean, I can, I can handle myself. I can, like, I'm pretty. You're good still at, functional. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good at make you know, covering the, bringing up a facade. They're not gonna know I'm drunk, but I guarantee you, they smelled the whiskey on my breath, man. I mean. Why wouldn't they? Right. They knew I was drunk. So being a little buzzed, I did not hold back. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't at that point. I wasn't like a, like apostate or I hadn't delved into anything. I was just pissed, and I didn't care what they thought about what I was doing. I really didn't. So they any question they asked me, I told them what they wanted to hear, and then some. You know, because I didn't care. I figured I was going to get disfellowshipped. Uh, I remember they asking you know, all the inappropriate questions. and um, Yeah, I told them, I told them, yeah, I went to a strip club, and they were like, was it with other witnesses? And at the time, I was bitter at the witness that I was there with. So like, yep, <laughs> who's this person? <laughs> Mike. <laughs> like, fuck that guy, man. <laughs> right. Which now. Yeah, he's I know, whatever. He's good. Yeah, no, we're we're fine now, but uh, we squashed that. So I told them, yeah, yeah, strip clubs. I mean, I I've been drinking. I've been doing drugs. I have had sex. I've done this and that. I told them everything, everything that should have gotten me disfellowshipped. And then they asked me, what kind of drugs you've done? And I started listing them off, and they're writing (laughs) every single one down. The one that really weirded me out was like, they're like, you had sex. how many times did you have sex? I was like, oh, one time. <laughs> they don't need to know everything. And I'm like, one time. Who is it with? I'm like, no one you know, which that's true. But they wouldn't take my word for it. And they just kept digging. And I'm like, dude, it was, uh, I, was like, I remember looking at him. I'm like, dude, it was somebody from a party. Like, I don't know. <laughs> right. You know, like, right. why are you it digging this random. hard? It started getting really weird. And this is my first experience with an elder or, like, in an elder's meeting. So I'm just like, why are you asking me these odd things? Like, you don't need to know that stuff. You know that I committed fornication. That's it. That's it. That's right, do what you got to do with that information. Yes, I don't care. Yeah. So that, uh, then obviously we had a judicial committee after that. But um, <laughs> at the judicial committee, I was not intoxicated. <laughs> you remembered that one? Yes, I was a good boy and a little more respectful. Uh, but they 
and they had every reason to disfellowship me, and I got publicly reproved. Don't which, know why. Which for any anyone listening that isn't familiar with you know the way judicial committees work within Jehovah's Witnesses, essentially, if you go into a judicial committee, you have one of three outcomes. What you are privately or publicly, or you? Oh yeah. Well, yeah. So, well, so you're going to either be disfellowshipped, yeah. or like if you disassociated, that would be. But that's oh, not really yeah, a, a committee. But yeah. essentially, you are either going to be disassociated or disfellowshipped, rather, which means again, you're you were kicked out, and now everyone is going to shun <laughs> you. Or, like Ethan just mentioned, you'll be reproved, and that can be either privately or publicly. Privately, they're just going to quote unquote un- encourage you, and they're going to read you some scriptures and run the soundboard. Yeah, and they're, you'll take some of your privileges that, away. Why isn't Ethan walking around with mics anymore? Yeah, and that's the thing. Even though it's private, people are gonna people know because they're not going to see you doing all of the mics and doing the sound and the things that you did. Or the other one is publicly approved, in which they will make a public announcement, which is what you got. Right? People come up and be weird to you then. Yeah, it's like the baptism. Like you almost get people that come up to you that are weird that are like. Hey, we still love you know you're a great guy, and they're trying to encourage you. Well, but it's just I still awkward. didn't feel bad for anything, man. Yeah. I mean, I may have been a little more respectful, but I did not feel bad for anything I had done. And literally, right after they said "Amen" at that meeting, I felt a shoulder on my uh, or I felt a, <laughs> felt a hand on my shoulder. I turned around, and it was um, and, and like even his eyes were like watering a little bit I'm like what the fuck's this now <laughs> like I don't know him that well <laughs> and he goes my brother and his wife got publicly reproved and I just want to let you know it's going to be okay if you ever need anyone to talk to I mean it was nice of him it was a nice gesture yes, for sure it was yep. nice but it's like in, in my mind at the time I'm like what the fuck I'm yeah, like, leave me alone <laughs> but it was kind of I mean, I don't, I don't hold any. Right, Again, that goes like, back to, like, like we've said, we don't hold yeah, it. No, no animosity. Any of these people that we're talking about, honestly, there was witnesses in general, no hostility. Unless you gave me a reason to be hostile towards you, I mean, then yeah. Yeah, I like don't have any issues else, But it's just kind of weird, you know. But uh, him, and I, him and I actually had a couple nice moments after that and stuff. So yeah, I mean, it would be fun to talk with him again. I would love it. I think they're in Virginia. Nah. Yeah. The town or the the state? The state. Oh really? Or does, maybe North Carolina. Does his wife still work at Caribou Coffee? <laughs> <laughs> she does not. She was. Ooh. It was so weird too. No, she had like some big. There was a big going away party for her and everything when she left. It was always weird. She was one that like even as a pioneer, I found odd. Like she was very invested like in her job, and like she was like she would go on business trips and stuff like that that just didn't really. I don't. It didn't really match with what you would have expected from a, yes. you know, your stereotypical pioneer couple and, you know, wife of a pioneer, you know, pioneer wife of a pioneer elder. Like it's... Well, because a lot of times they're kind of jobless. Or if they, right? I mean, if they have a job, they're window cleaning. Right. They're doing... They're post-construction cleanup cleaning. Yep. <laughs> they're doing something. Yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Because, yeah, they moved out of town and she still worked uh, Caribou coffee job, forty-five hour minute drive, hour minute, forty-five minute to an hour <laughs> drive every, yeah, whatever. No, that was a oddity. But um, so 
publicly reproved and uh, did not change my ways. Got more secret for a little <laughs> bit with them. I, I think I made more meetings. I did make more meetings. Kind of appearances. But I grew stubble on my chin. And I, I heard people uh, telling other people, like, because I had, I did have some decent friends, and the people I was acquainted with were all right, so they'd tell me things that they'd hear, you know, like, I heard you, people are calling you a drug dealer, man. And I was like, what in the fuck? You know, or, uh, oh, he's just growing that on his chin because he wants to show his worldliness. And, like, well, again, back to the beards, like, it, it took a whole new meaning as an adult, you know. The beards and tattoos. and I had a, when they had like a, a watchtower like four years ago that kind of alluded to, well, yeah, you might be able to have a beard. And I started yeah. growing one actually after that on the advice of an elder in my congregation. And what happened? And what happened is I had people in that congregation that literally would not speak to me. Yeah. There's one sister in particular right now. She would not, yeah. she would see me coming down. The, she would turn the other way. And... That happened for about a year until I finally shaved it. Uh, my wife complained enough, and I said, okay, fine, whatever. Mm -hmm. I went to the meeting that night, and this sister that had avoided me would not speak to me for an entire year. She came up to me after the meeting, and she grabbed me by the chin. And she said, oh, I knew you were smarter than that. I was so pissed. I said, you oh. weren't a woman. <laughs> Damn it. I'm like, you're like, I'm not an intelligent person because... I have a beard. I literally, I just about started regrowing it that night. I almost said, hell with this. I'm just going to continue growing my beard. But you should have just I grown a, nice a really long mustache. <laughs> Obnoxiously just, long just mustache. Just never trim it. Yeah, because that's fine. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you can have the biggest mustache you want. Right. I did have a handlebar for a while. Did you? Yeah. Oh, I remember that. That looked pretty sweet. Dude. It was a decent handlebar, you, honestly. Yeah, if you ever do end up shaving, what you got, you got to do the handlebar for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will. I mean, I'm probably never going to shave it off. But I don't have any intentions of shaving. No, yeah, right. <laughs> didn't start as a statement, but it is now. Yeah, and even my hair. Like I have no intentions of ever cutting my hair short again. Honest. Well, yeah. you and I even talked about it. we're getting off on a tangent, but it happens. It I'm right. actually intending to grow mine out. I'm going to donate it. Mm. I have people complaining to me right now, like, "Oh, why don't you get your hair cut?" <laughs> yeah. I've got my mom making fun of me, lighthearted, but still, just you know. She's giving me shit because my hair's growing long. Yeah. So. One of the reasons I grew my hair out was because my dad, one time, uh, I can't remember, I think I mentioned it, and my mom was like, oh, that looked terrible. And my dad got a little defensive. And he goes, well, no. And uh, she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, my brother Aaron grew his hair out, and he had beautiful hair. So that was one of the oh, reasons. Okay. I was like, I'm, I, I mean, I should at some point, just to see. And then, actually, one of, uh, like a buddy of mine died in just an accident at, like, 25 or whatever. And he had the most gorgeous, long, blonde hair. Rest in peace, Kirk. Uh, that, I, that was the turning point. I'm like, I, I'm going to just grow it up. I got to. And at least in honor of Kirk. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I think funny. I've done him justice. <laughs> right? I think you, I've done well. You got a good little, you got a good mane going there. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. I digress. Um. Yeah, so, no, I, I mean, I didn't really change any of my ways, and I still was definitely headstrong, but then I had to study with an elder. Thankfully, the elder they gave me uh, does not have a good reputation at all, but I think the fact that we were really similar 
helped. Because, I mean, he was headstrong and I was quick to tell him to shut up. So, it was just good. It was a good banter. It was like nice you know, dialogue. You kept each other on your toes. Yeah, we kept each other in check. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I remember another, one of the really big turning points. Like, I mean, I know I've said that a lot already, but I asked him about tattoos. I'm like, well, so why can't I? Like, let's just get down to it. Why can't I have tattoos? Because I'd heard the, Bert, the beard story growing up all the time. It made no sense. And he's like, well, it says right here. I, I don't even remember the scripture. You know, you shall not mark your body for a... I'm pretty sure it specifies itself for a dead person. It, I, I can't remember if it's specifically... It's like, yeah. it's earlier in context. But I didn't... But yeah, it's related to... But it says, you yeah. shall not mark your body. And that's what they point out, right? And he's a, he read it, and he like looked at me, he's like, okay. And I was like... Hey, yeah, but I mean, look at the one. I think it's right before that. It's literally the previous yeah, verse. I know where you're going. Yeah, it's exact one. Right before that scripture, it says, You shall not shave the extremities of your beard or the sides of your head. And uh, and uh, I, before I even asked him, like, what's up with that? He's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is it? I won. Yeah. I, won, I, won I just won against, against an elder. I'm like, according to this scripture, if you want to preach this to me, you should have a beard right now. I should have a beard right now. And uh, he's just kind of like, "Yeah, you're right." He said that. He's like, "You're right. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and do some research." Yeah, I'm gonna do some research. Yeah. So the next week, we... which means he's not going to, and he's just gonna no, shave he did. for the next he did. meeting. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Good. I'm impressed. Yeah. So uh, no, we reconvened the next week, and he he was like, "I mean, this is all the info," because he was very honest with me after that. Like he was just kind of like listen, man, we're kind of figuring this out now <laughs> together, which is fucked up because this man is in control of other people's lives and well-beings. And he's on the level with some heathen such as myself. But uh, he's like, this is what I could find. And it basically just boils down to you don't want to stumble your brother, which is the dumbest argument. I'm, Especially if, if when there's stumbled, other verses in the Bible that say Followers of mine mm -hmm. will not be stumbled. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Much right? is it. And it's like, Sorry, wait, you're gonna, no, but that's right. I mean, and like you're going to tell me that if I have a tattoo somewhere and somebody finds out I have a tattoo, and they—that's too much for them to handle. And now they can't follow the religion anymore. They're like, nope, that guy's got a tattoo. What? What do you expect me to do? I'm leaving. What the fuck? No one's gonna get along with that guy, anyways. I mean that—that's right. a weak. He's obviously already a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? So he pretty much, pretty much just told me that. Yeah, you can get him. Just don't be, a, don't be like flashing your shit everywhere. So my first tattoo I got, I was still like this. I got my whole left rib done. <laughs> I didn't know it was gonna be that big, and in the worst spot that I've heard you can get tattoos. It's not. Just fun fact. It's not the worst spot you can get a tattoo. Coincidentally, I almost stopped off at a tattoo shop earlier today. <laughs> That's where I was actually going on my it's left rib. I mean, it's kind of painful, but yeah. It's out of the way. And if you have multiple tattoos, I would make the argument that the healing process is far worse. The itching. The itching is so bad, bud. Than getting the actual tattoo. Because <laughs> it doesn't go away and you can't scratch it. But anyways... I got a tattoo. And then, yeah, from there, it was just pretty much downhill. 
I was done. I still, still at that point, had done no apostate research. And I didn't do that until a while after I was disfellowshipped, actually. I um, continued partying. I still have a lot of the same friends, and some of those friends are still witnesses. I mean, they keep... <laughs> I've got one friend that's probably been disfellowshipped five times. <laughs> It's <laughs> made the rounds. Just keeps going back. I don't know why, but whatever. If he's happy doing that, that's fine. Um. So yeah, I went continued partying, uh, and then I had a. Uh, it was I was feeling down, and uh, my grandma had had a heart attack on my mom's side. And there's some other stuff going on, so kind of just that. I was in a not a good state. It was one of the weekends I was up in the cities, and I just went up there anyways because mm, friends make you feel better, and they did, you know. Um, but I got call. Oh, I got blackout drunk. I got lit, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, woke up and well, I didn't even wake up. I mean, I was. I remember fragments of it, but uh, one of our mutual friends who kind of, her and I, whatever, definitely consensual, but fooled around and uh, didn't think anything of it and just continued about my day. And uh, I think that was a Friday night. Went about my day on Saturday. I think she was at work, so me and my our other friends were off doing other stuff. And, um, then saw her that Sunday because I was still up there and she had gone to meeting. And just kind of interesting tidbit, she had just gotten reinstated <laughs> like three months, maybe, I think. She was reinstated for at that point. Uh, so we get back and it's me and Schwalbe sitting out in the living room and she comes in and she's like tearing up and Schwalbe looks at me and I'm like, <laughs> she's like uh, can we um, talk and Swabby just looks at me and I'm like yeah so she Swabby dips and uh, I started talking and I just looked at her and she's like I told the elders <laughs> oh, god damn it I did not want to deal with this you right thought you mostly my grandma just that. had a heart attack man I got all this other shit going on now now I have to play chess What do? what's my next move what do I do do I just ignore it or do I confess? And I was like, kind of, I was weighing between the two, and then I was like, wait a second, me and just found common ground. I mean, this isn't long after the tattoo and all that kind of conversation. I'm like, we just found common ground, so maybe if I just go to him and be like, listen, man, you know, maybe. Maybe there's something there. Maybe. It was, I was pulling at strings. I know, I know I was. But it was kind of like, maybe he can kind of help me out. You know, uh, use his elderly sway. <laughs> he could not. Yeah. But he was very kind to me. And, and he met with me one-on-one. -on -one. So he knew it was somewhat serious because on the phone I was like, uh, I got to talk to you. He's like, are you okay? I said, yes, I'm fine. But I'm pretty sure I said I fucked up. You know, because even though I didn't believe... I still had felt the pressure. I knew what was in store. I had been publicly reproved. Right, I knew, from that angle. 
Yeah, I knew what was coming. <laughs> you know. And uh, I'm like, I fucked up. He's like, okay, where do you want to meet? When? And uh, I think it was later that day. Yeah, it was later that day. Because I pretty much, I mean, I was going to leave anyways to go back home. It was like Sunday. I had to work the next day. So we just met. We met at a bar. Yeah, we had beer and had some apps and chit-chatted. And he's like, well, Ethan. <laughs> he did, He's like, Ethan, I love you. But, you know, I, you might be screwed. And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> <Right>. Understood. <laughs> but it was, co- it was cool that him and I could have that. For sure. That and, yeah, moment. and to his I mean, credit, yeah, I've know. always had great experiences with him. He is a good guy. Yeah. 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 So it was fun, right? to a certain extent, even though I knew then. But it was nice to have a good exchange with somebody you kind of respected who was, I mean, he actually, he was in my first meeting, I believe. And I. If I remember right, he had absolved, him, absolved himself from this next one. It's like he took a step he, back, said, like, oh, he too told close him, to the situation. Yeah, my dad actually told him. My dad was pretty, he did tell me some elder stuff, and that was one of the things that he told me. He's like, it's, be part of it, he's too biased. So, like, that's fine. <laughs> oh, oh, that leads me to, but I did say, I said one thing, and I, I know I told and I think I told my dad, I said, I don't care, because I knew it was going to judicial. I knew that I was going to judicial, even though I had to have the meeting beforehand. But I said, I do not want on my judicial committee. Our families, the Lundholms and the have bad blood. Do not want him on there. I, I had the elders meeting quick with Armand, actually. And then one other, I think it was, I think Tom was in the elders meeting, quick. I, I think it was him. But in, when it came to the judicial, I walk in, there's goddamn Of course there is. My trust is gone at that point. As soon as I saw his dumb face, man, it's gone. It's gone. I, I, now I seriously do not care. It, even though I didn't care, though, it was still rough, you know? I mean... I, I got disfellowshipped. I remember <laughs> talking to my dad beforehand, and even he was just kind of like, yeah, this is your second offense, man. Like, it's probably going to happen. So I knew it was coming, but it still hit hard. I listened to change, because, you know, like, you have to you have to go in, plead your case, and then you're excused from the room, and then they deliberate over it <laughs> and then call you back in so during that time I think I was out in the car for a good 45 minutes to an hour probably while they deliberated and I listened to the song Change by Blind Melon on repeat you know I don't know I mean I was it was definitely stressful and I needed to focus on one thing but that was a good thing I mean it was just I knew I knew I was getting kicked out and I knew it was time to change because I didn't. Like, this is going to be a whole different ball game, man. Like, this is different. I I, I can branch right. out. Yeah, I you're I, you're starting to understand that you have options in life yeah. now, and you go, oh. <laughs> and, and like, I mean, but to be fair, and to be fair, <laughs> for every 
kind of positive thought I had, it's just a waterfall of negative at the same time. I mean, because it's still reality that you're going to lose mom and dad. You're going to lose your sister. And my sister and I were really good friends. We got along so well. I miss her to this day. But it was setting in. And then, yeah, they disfellowship. They called me back in. They're like, yeah, we're, we got to disfellowship. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay. Pretty much that was it. And then okay. I tried, Sounds good. Shake hands. Walk away. Mentally, completely out. Completely out after that. Um, I waited the six months. I made most of the meetings. I maybe only missed. <laughs> Granted, I was still buzzed at a couple of them. Dude, there was this one time. There was this one time I was just fellowshipped and I sat all the way in the back. And uh, I was drinking vodka orange soda. Because I'm classy <laughs> beforehand. And I get to the hall and I, I mean, I'm, I'm fine. I'm coherent and stuff. And, oh, I should mention, I forgot about this. Before I got to fellowship, it was really soon before, actually, I noticed just how much I was drinking. Which is a testament to how stressed out I was in the religion. Because I've never drank this much ever again, and I don't plan on it because I notice it now. But, I mean, wild turkey rare breed at the time, it might be a little higher. I think it's 114 yep. now, but at the time it was 111 proof. I would drink half a bottle of that wild, wild turkey rare breed bourbon a night. Yeah. And I was not hung over the next day. I mean, I was fine. And then just one time I was like, ooh, that's not good. That's probably really not good. So I just stopped. And, you know, it wasn't a crutch. I just stopped drinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Took like a week off or whatever. Sure. And then just went back to normal drinking habits. So, but it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy getting a little buzzed up. Right. Especially if I have to go to a place, an establishment, that knows my entire family, me very well, and I have to watch them peek over their shoulders the whole time and then whisper into the person's ear that's sitting next to them. Stressful, man. Well, so I mean, I'm sitting there. Same point as me. I mean, for the last three years, I mean, I don't know that I've ever actually admitted this publicly to other people, but for the last probably three years, I think, that I was still attending. Of that time, I, pro I probably smoked before every meeting. Yeah. I would probably smoke a bowl before every meeting, and it was the only way that I could deal with the stress and the anxiety of being at that meeting. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, I was drinking a lot regardless. Again, just I don't of, advocate. Yeah, no, not, no, absolutely not. But, uh, I mean, I was drinking a lot regardless because I was just, I was basically I was playing catch-up at that point. I had started playing catch-up to get into a normal life because, you know, I knew I, I kept heading down the road. If I kept heading down the road I was on, I was going to be kicked out sooner or later. But, yeah, no, so, I mean... I had a good grasp by this point on what I could drink and what I couldn't, and I, before meetings was stressful, so I would drink. I would drink a little bit, and uh, I remember sitting in the back though, and like this lady came in a little later than I did. No bags, no nothing. She's probably like mid fifties, sixty something, and sits down beside me. She's like, "Hey, do you have a songbook?" 
And when she said that, dude, it was just like a blast of vodka just punched me right in the face. And we had this mutual respect immediately because I whispered hard back. I'm like, no, yeah, I got one. You can share with me. So then she knew I was drunk. I knew she was drunk. It was one of the best. It was it was probably one of my best memories in the Kingdom Hall. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, I mean, my wife <laughs> You gotta find a silver lining somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I know. Life is what it is. I mean, you just gotta ride with it. And yeah, you know, remember some of the good stuff, but you gotta remember bad stuff too, because it's made you who you are. Uh, but I, I, um, so just to get back into the, because I mean, after that, it's pretty much what my life is now. I, I, I try to go back for. A, six months you know i wrote the letter and everything and i reconvened with them and they denied me even though i was doing really well actually it was kind of i was surprised but not that surprised i guess um so then uh and this whole time i still had all those witness friends that were leaving anyways and it was like i'll be all right i'll be all right and so you had a network to fall back yeah, on yeah yeah I, I guess I, what I'm trying to get at is like I kind of foresaw the inevitable and I started contacting people that I hadn't talked to in years that I knew were disfellowshipped. Uh, one of those being my Uncle Jonathan. Uh, and probably he was the most significant one that I reached out to because I think he gave me, you know, he's got his own things that he does, but. He's had a lot of time outside, and he's in the situation that I am now, you know. And uh, I had a couple, or another, a couple other uncles too that I reached out to, and they were, they've been to this day are significant helps in my life. Very good, solid people, you know, to talk to and kind of, I don't know, talk about the same thing with us. <laughs> well, it's you, you know, we like, have that shared yeah, experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's. it's Great to have but, somebody that knows what you've been through and what he, you're going yeah, through. Yeah, and I, I, he, Jonathan was one of the first ones though that was like, "Listen, man, you're going to get disfellowshipped." He's just straight up with me. He's like, "You're going to," but you know, we're here. <laughs> well, so we knew and, it was going to be okay. Well, and here, you, you talked about the elder that was on your judicial committee and the bad blood between. Yeah. Those. That's <laughs> because. Right, this is it's his ex father in law. Yeah. So yeah. But I don't think he knew that. I don't know if I ever told him that he was on my judicial, my second second judicial committee. But yeah, I mean, just to have, I'm glad that I reached out because as rough as it was and still is, I have decent people around me now that can relate, you know, and I have for a while. And uh, I mean, yeah, I left. Did the six month thing, and I, I told myself I could get back in. I'm like I can get back in. I can do I can do this for mom and dad. I, I straight up told I straight up told mom and dad that too. I'm like listen I don't believe any of this shit. This is not for me. But if I have to get back for you guys, I can do that. I lied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I lied. Yeah. I didn't know I was lying at the time. I was genuine. I really thought I could get back. But the biggest turning point, man, was I met a girl named Samantha. But we call her Pan. And uh, it was weird. I didn't have any intention. We met on Tinder. I had no intentions of 
dating this girl. I was dealing with my own shit. Man, that's that's why. There was nothing that was wrong with her. I had all this stuff going on in my head, and I did not want to bring somebody else into that, you know. I needed to figure a lot of stuff out before I could worry about someone else. And for some reason, man, she uh, liked me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, and at this point, I was living with all a lot of those other fence walking witnesses, and we had parties pretty regularly at the apartments we were living at, and she would just come and hang out with us at the parties and everything like that, and that's how we just kind of got to talking, and. I realized that the day that I realized she really liked me, I had to, like, make a decision. Do I... Because if I start dating a worldly girl and I'm disfellowshipped and I'm trying to get back for my family, the people I love, that's going to send me so Yeah, that's so not going to work well. <laughs> so basically, I have to weigh. Is this girl that I've known for... I think we've known each other for almost a year at that point. Is this girl... Does she mean more to me than my mother, my mother and father? I guess, uh, you know, being a go-with-the-flow person, listening to my gut, yeah. Apparently she did. <laughs> right? Apparently she did, because I said, yeah, let's fucking try it. Why not? Because uh, I told her, I was like, listen, I have all these things going on. And I was very candid. I open, very open. I told her everything. She knew the whole story. And uh, I'm like, let's just see what happens. What's the worst that's going to happen? But, and then obviously everyone started making jokes. I listened to my friends this time, because unlike my ladies previous, this was a short blonde. Not that I've seen her natural hair color, but a short blonde. <laughs> I don't know what her natural hair color is. And my friends were saying, dude, she's cool. Like, she is. You guys get along well. But I actually listened to them, and it just seemed right, and it was easy, and probably sounds bad but not it's probably like one of the least amount of efforts i've ever put anything into it just flowed man just worked just worked and uh i i was still trying to get back though because i still got my dad and olivia even though like distant family was kind of like whatever i still had mom and dad and olivia and so i i talked to her and she agreed to come to meetings with me for a little bit there and that was the, that was the, that was the straw that broke camel back. I remember sitting there and some misogynistic stuff was getting preached from up on stage. And I remember looking at her and she wasn't looking at me, didn't know I was looking at her. And she just, the look of disgust, uh, un, just unable to understand what the hell was going on. Like so evident on her face. I was like, this is a cult. This is a cult. And then after that, I, I had to swallow some pretty big pills. <laughs> Not physically, metaphorically. Right. Like I had yep. to, like, I really had to reevaluate. I had to re yeah. reevaluate what I was doing, and that was hard. That was probably the hardest thing I've done. And that's when I, like, there's just one day, man, because it just you text your mom and dad, and the whole transition to being. Disfellowship, no matter how old you are, like all of a sudden, uh, relationship that you had your entire life is just kind of fucked up. Not necessarily completely gone, because both it's like a transition period where both of you are trying to 
not both, all of you, if you have both your parents, you and your parents are trying to figure out what to do from here. And we started veering and I had to like accept that, you know? I mean, my, I remember my dad after a while was just kind of like, uh, he just showed up to my house one time and was just crying. <laughs> you know, you don't see it. And like, I don't know about a lot of people, but like my dad didn't cry. I saw my dad cry when his grandma died. That was the last time. Sure. <clears throat> so it was uh, emotional, but I didn't cry, dude. I was just kind of like, man, this is what it is. And I was kind of like, grow, grow up. I'm the one. I'm the one that's having to deal with the fact that what I've known is wrong. I'm the one that's being kicked out by you guys. You don't get to be more sad than me. I got a little mad. I'm like, no, screw you. Do you think this is easy for me? <sighs> you know? Right. Like, it, yeah. it wasn't fair. That's one thing that I've on. It's been, it's hit me forever, too, is... If you had to make a choice, if I was going to be selfish, I, I wouldn't choose this. Uh-uh. <laughs> like, no, why the hell would I do that? Not at all. It's just something that you can't... You Like what we were talking about and why I warned you before you watched that stuff that I told you about. Like, man, you are going to have to deal with some stuff because you can't unknow. Because <laughs> But this time I had... I The the stress and the depression was coming back and I was like, I need something. I need to find someone that's telling me the decision I'm making is right. Because I knew it was right, but I needed someone smarter than me to tell me that you're doing okay. You're, you're right. on the right track. And that person turned out to be John Cedars. Because this is, I mean, Shit, I think it's I think it's the oldest video at the time. Yeah, <laughs> was like, this was around what two thousand maybe fourteen fifteen. No, uh, uh no, I uh, I I got this. Twenty sixteen, probably twenty fifteen, probably early twenty fifteen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, man, I gotta. So yeah, I I looked up. And I had to weed through, like, I, I was like, I've seen some stuff come up on YouTube before. I need to find somebody that's legit, not just kind of complaining. <laughs> yeah, I needed didn't facts. Want to find I, needed, the I needed reasons. I needed somebody that had spent time you know, creating their own foundation, because I obviously was not bright enough to do that on my own, and then to preach that foundation to me a little bit, just so I knew where I stand. And yeah, once I watched, once I started watching that stuff, I mean, uh, it was still hard, it was still stressful, but it was a lot easier. It was so, it was like a white, it was like Jehovah took the burden from my shoulders, <laughs> man, dude. It was, yep. It was nice. It was so nice. And then I just, after that, I didn't care anymore, but in a better way. It yeah, like, for sure. I, I, You're I, more I'm accepting. Okay. It was more of a, I'm fine, I'm okay. You know, my, my thoughts of suicide had been long gone, and I could see the person that I had the potential to be, you know, and I saw the people around me were getting better. They were becoming better people, honest people, like true friends, and I didn't take that for granted. 
I mean, I don't talk to them all anymore, but I am grateful for what they helped me through. Right. And I am also grateful that I have do have some family that's not witnesses, you know, that I, I could reach out to, and I'm still very... I mean, I, I shouldn't say I'm very close with them. I want to be very close with them, but because of the religion, I lost 24 years with them. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it was the same with reconnecting with my sister. I mean, granted, at that point, I lost like five years. Yeah. But, I mean, my brother, that was... From well, I moved here in two thousand one, mm-hmm. and he was at my wedding in two thousand two. I think I went and visited him in the hospital. He had surgery about a year later, and I saw my niece when she was like a couple months old. I remember seeing her in the hospital and then visiting really? him. But other than that, I don't think I saw him until like two thousand thirteen. See, so yeah, I mean, we lost like. 12 years, 10, yeah, 12 years, still something like that. 12 years. There's, you can do so many things in 12 years, you know. But I mean, so, I do have some, I have three uncles that are out and have been for a long time, and I'm so grateful for them. So grateful. And then my girlfriend, who is Pam, we've been together. Five years this year, so five and a half years by now, and still going strong. I mean, that that chick has gotten me... Th- I still have had my moments. I mean, I still have depression. It's still uh, extremely relevant. Right. For sure. But, you know, Pan's a doll. <laughs> she is. She's really great. Yeah. She... Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I, uh, I'd i like to think of myself as a stable person, but... Uh, that pretty much ends there. I like to think of myself as a stable person. I have quirks. I have my issues, and sure. I never, I never have gone to therapy or anything like that. So I mean, the state of mind I'm in, I've worked at by myself and with the people that I've surrounded myself with. Right. So I'm, I'm glad that I've had the people that I've had, and even her family. Uh, just a shout out to them, quick. I mean, they know my whole story too, and they've been more than supportive and they've helped us out in more ways than I can ever repay <laughs> right unfortunately so well that's one of the things that we learn as we leave like you said the people on the outside are nothing like what we Absolutely were told they were not so no. yeah no. really people are beautiful yeah my as rough as it was well it's like I said last night man you can't have the end without the end can't have the good without the bad. You have to go. I, I, I mean, you I'm have a, to have I'm a benchmark to weigh against. Some people just you kind of have to go through something traumatic to start to really appreciate the fact that you have such a decent situation now. Right. <laughs> I, you know, or you will have such a decent situation. You know, I mean, it's not going to be like that forever. And with that decent situation, it might get worse at some point. I am aware of that. But for now, I'm sitting pretty bad. Ride it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I have very few complaints. They are there. But I have very few complaints. So I do not regret leaving. In fact, I would do it again. Would I take it? Would I take it all back? No. No. I. I don't think so. I. I'm happy with who I am. I, I think I'm overwhelmingly happy with who I am now. I, I you know, I, 
still have issues and I'll work at them, but at least I can acknowledge those issues and I can, I, I can consciously work at them. Right. You know, I, and I can do it however I want. I can do whatever I want to do. <laughs> I have a freedom that I've never experienced. I'm only, I know I've been out for six-ish years, but I've been alive for 30. Right. You got time to make up for it. Yes. Um, but you're in a good spot. So, yeah. yeah. I think I'm in a good spot. Mom and dad, relationship, pretty much non-existent. Uh, sister, Olivia, I have not cheated. No, I, I would like to talk to her at any point, but she has not talked to me for four years, probably. I haven't heard anything. Uh, hopefully she's doing fine. Olivia, if you ever come past this, uh, love you. I saw her a couple months ago. I was talking a couple months ago. Yeah. I heard you're doing uh, your live. I saw her at a funeral. Doing so, okay. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that. Miss you. But uh, the the rest of the family, I it's, it was kind of big. I still talk to my grandma on the Williams side a little bit. Uh, it doesn't help. She's 93. <laughs> you know, so kind of, she can't move. That's quick. a story. <laughs> she can't get away. Talk about being like. Talk about having regrets on her deathbed. Anyways, the one home side, not too much. It was just the three uncles on the one home side that are out that I talked to, and then the rest are fairly in. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah. The only one I really miss is Bill. <laughs> He's a good guy. Yeah. But, um, other than that, I mean, yeah, I still have friends inside, and I do my best to be there for them if they choose to reach out. I did, I've had a couple reach out recently. Um, Tyler, you were just kind of a fluke. That was just a weird thing. And it was kind of weird. This last one was just kind of weird. I mean, uh, it was another person I'd grown up with. Me and her had been friends since we were born. And I don't know. She just uh, randomly hit me up because I was the only one she really felt comfortable hitting up in the witnesses. Because I'm pretty open. I don't like. I don't have my. I don't have like my friends and all my pro, my posts blocked on Facebook or anything. And partly for that reason, like I want people to see what I'm up to. I remember my mom told me one time, like when I first started celebrating Halloween and all that shit, that posted. She's like, you know, people can see the things that you're posting. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I did that on purpose. Right. I'm not ashamed yeah. of who I am becoming. So because of that, I, you know, a couple of friends have reached out and, I, you know, reconnections and it's fun. And then, and then I can be there for them, you know, as they're going through their hard times. Whether or not they choose to leave or not, I don't care. That's not my business. But if they need that person there that can relate and has been through the same thing, I'm more than willing to be that person. I like being that person. You know, right? And I hope, in turn, if they did choose to leave, that they would be that person as well. Right? You know, like you gotta pay it forward. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, that's I mean, we're pretty much caught up. Yeah. Now it's just this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, here we are. Uh, I got into rock climbing. I friggin. Make some shit out of wood sometimes, and skateboard. We got some good decorations going on. Yeah, 
podcasts and throwing noodles at walls lately, man. <laughs> Just throwing noodles. <laughs> we could go throw some knives. We could throw knives. Yeah. We could throw knives. Throw some axes. And, you know, gotta have stuff to do. Keep you occupied. Absolutely. And the ADD kicks in, man. The one, oh, the one other thing my mom always did teach me, you know, it's kind of funny because I hear all these stories about witnesses and uh, being addicted to pills. Honestly, I did not see that. I'm not saying that, that, that that's not true. I believe that that's true. I didn't, I wasn't aware of it much. And uh, my mom specifically told me, she's like, oh, you have ADD. And I was like, well, can I get like prescribed stuff for her? And she goes, no, you're going to learn to deal with it. Because <laughs> at the time, it was Ritalin. You know, if you go into a doctor and they're like, yeah, you have ADD. What's well, Ritalin? Then you just get sleepy and right. just numb them. Just numb them. Fucking numb them. She never put me on pills. Never put me on any of that stuff and taught me how to just shut up when I should shut up, which probably was about half an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at least I'm aware of it, though. But, I mean, she just she taught me how to control that stuff. And I appreciate That's one of the biggest things I appreciate that my mom helped me with. It was just learning to be me. I right. swear to God, man, I had the wrong parents for, <laughs> if they were trying to raise somebody to stay in the witnesses, well, I guess he did it with Olivia for now, but <laughs> they did a terrible fucking job, especially my mom. Man, thank you, mom. Right. Thank you. Yep. For sure. <laughs> so, yep, now we're here. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, that's your story. Yeah, pretty much. Well, there we go. So, whatever. Yeah. Just keep on keeping on. That's right. Do our best to reach out and make new friends. and. Well, we and can, be there for other people. Yeah, and that's, I mean, again, that's why we're doing this. And it's this. not necessarily that we're doing something like this. So we have people come, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys can help me. Well, I mean... I might have a hard time, too. I might need to reach out to somebody that yeah, can relate. For sure. It, you know, it's just starting, it's about starting a community. And I know there's podcasters out there that have done it already, and we've talked to them, and they've done such a great job. We're pretty much just seeing if we have anything to bring to the table. Right. It's it. Contributing our piece. <laughs> yeah. Might as well. Yep. What else have we got to do? For sure. And like I said, it helps us, and if it helps somebody else, bonus. Yeah. So. One person, man. Yep. It's fine with me. Right on. Well, that's it. Um, thank you guys for listening again. Uh, we'll be back uh, with another one. Take care, guys. Love you. <laughs>